What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dragzine Podcast. I'm your host, senior editor, Brian Wagner. This week, I've got the dynamic duo, the McCain brothers, DJ and Ryan. What's going on, fellas? What's going on? What's going on? Oh, not much. Uh, I personally am still trying to recover from No Mercy slash the Magic 8. I don't know about you guys. I, I know you guys were beyond busy there, but I was too, so I can only imagine you're trying to like still gather your wits, right? Yes, sir. Still getting... All, all my ducks in the row. Here <laughs> we are on what is Friday. So a week later and some change. Yeah. yeah. I'm just not getting back home in Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> get back home and then you got to try to get back in the groove. People don't understand the race hangover is real, isn't it? Yes, sir. Very real. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're a very intense race and especially with uh, what you guys went through, trying to put a car into low orbit, trying to, you know, deal with 1.3 cars going multiple rounds um and literally you guys had like an entire encampment there in a small army and that's that's what it takes to really pull that off doesn't it yes sir that week is a it's a long and tough one but you have you coming into a ready to battle how many how many nitrous bottles did you guys have filled up or did you just bring like two mother bottles or three yeah we had we had we had a few mother bottles and every time i turned around it seemed like somebody was filling one (laughs) Yeah, I had Jason bring two. I brought one in the back of the truck, and my pop had two in uh, Bowser's trailer. Good Lord. Does, like, the nitrous guy, does he, like, named a boat after you guys at this point because of all <laughs> the nitrous you buy? Probably. I'm sure they, I'm sure they like us over there. Yeah, it's, you know, back in the day when I used to run nitrous, the dude from Jegs would hate seeing me and my friends come in because we'd have, like, five bottles. I couldn't imagine, you know, with running th- – what three four nitrous cars those guys got to be hating that yes sir but that's uh part of the price you pay when you're running the giggle juice right yeah someone told me this weekend you i guess you kind of pay to play with nitrous because you pay you know you're paying to use it i guess per se but what what you know made you guys want to be nitrous racers? Because I that that's a life choice. I have a feeling. You know, I feel myself at this point. It's it's something you got to want to do when you get the other power out there. You know, what what you, I'll go to to make it easier. I'll ask you first, DJ. What what pushed you to want to be a nitrous racer? Um. Well, it's kind of growing up. My dad always raced, and he used nitrous when I was a kid. But he he was more of a he liked to run naturally aspirated a lot. So I would like to see him cut nitrous on and use the gas. So when I was a child and we did use it. But he he leaned more towards nasty aspiration type deal. And um that's just kind of what I what I was around. Never was really a boosted guy. Driven boosted cars. I like them, don't get me wrong. There's, there's power there. But I just kind of started out really nasty aspirated, mentioning nitrous a little bit. Now we have we do dabble in a little bit of uh, boost here and there. We have a, a boosted car in our camp actually, but we just kind of now it was almost like a, being a, I don't know what the, the term would be, like a minority, so to speak, especially like in LDR, there's only a few of us nitrous cars left. So I guess it's kind of trying to show you can keep up with nitrous right now. Ryan, what do you dig about nitrous? Uh, like DJ said, it's kind of like one of those things that it ain't with a few nitrous cars left, I feel like, in every class. So. Radio versus the world is like what two or three S two seventy five. Yeah, Ron Rose, us, Nemesis, uh the TRE car, maybe like two two more. So it's it got a, it got quite a few. And then uh LDR, yeah. The Black Plague, Devil Horse, and then what's his name? Brian uh, McGee, Brian McGee was there. Brian, yeah. Brian McGee and Chad Henderson. Couple more, yeah. A few more here, a handful here and there. Yeah. Why are there so many grudge racers that use nitrous? I think that's changing. If you if you pay attention now, I'm seeing like especially maybe not in the southeast, but you're starting to see more boosted cars doing like no time grudge stuff. And they're racing each other. For the most part, I guess it's hard to get a race. I guess there's so many people already running nitrous. They didn't really want to run the turbo cars with no rules or you know. I mean, no, nobody can really not guess you can make more power with a turbo. That's why you see in a the class, they're, they're running the heavier weight than most nitrous combos are just because of the horsepower they can make. So I think it's just more of uh, the nicest guys not wanting to – it'd be hard to get a race with a turbo car. I actually was speaking to somebody this weekend about that. He had a turbo car, 
and he was trying to grow his race. He ended up going back nitrous because he couldn't get any. He was gonna be. He felt he was gonna struggle to get any action. So, Ryan, what do you what do you think? Why is the same reason? Do you think the reason why we see more nitrous cars in uh, no time and grudge? Yeah, uh, I feel like the nitrous cars are just a whole lot easier. If you think about it, you got like high school cars, so to speak, they can just go to the store, uh, go to like a natural store online and order a natural kit, strap it on and boom. And as far as like for the boost, the boost applications, it's so much you gotta go through to put a, you know, a turbocharger or a supercharger on it. Uh, I feel like everybody just did with the most simplest way, the, uh, the race. Oh yeah. That's why I put nitrous on my street car at first because it was one, it was the most affordable, and two, it required the least amount of surgery. We're putting a turbo yeah. on my car right now. And pretty much at this point, I was like, if it doesn't make it go faster, let's just cut it off. We're cutting holes and stuff anyway. So just, you know, you, you <laughs> give up on, you know, the, the pleasantries of that because otherwise, if you really want to do it right with, you know, especially the turbo car is a uh, you're gonna pay a lot for someone to fabricate someone to uh keep everything intact, right? Yes, sir. It, I think that kind of ties into one of the questions I have for you guys is, you know, I mean, drag racing isn't an easy sport at all. People think that, you know, you're just going fast and straight line. There's a whole lot more that goes into it. You know, Ryan, what, what really drives you to want to be in drag racing? Uh, I think because I grew up in it and now that I'm getting older and older and older, uh, I look up the guys like Phil Schuler, Billy Stockland, Stevie, all those guys, and they pretty much making a living out of it. So I figure if I'm gonna make a living out of it, then I just gotta keep going. You know, I gotta keep climbing the ladder. So that's what keeps me driven in it. What about you, DJ? You know, what what makes the uh long days of, you know, beating and banging on cars and, you know, scouring the pits for parts and being up till four in the morning. What, what, what makes you want to keep doing it? There's nothing like it, man. I have plenty of friends that try to leave and you always end up coming back. I feel like once you get that drag racing blood in you, the community was a prime example this weekend of just what took place with our accident, the way people rallied together, opponents or not, helped to get, get the car fixed. It's when you win, the it's ready to bring a win to your team and celebrate and just making cars go fast. The adrenaline, I just don't feel like there's anything. It's a, I guess, a lot more hobbies you can have in the world, but drag racing, I just feel like there's nothing else like strapping the car going fast or just working on the car and watching it go fast, being a part of a team. You know, just there's nothing like being the drag, the drag strip for me. That's all I really know. I mean, I do, I do a lot of other things, like I have other hobbies, you know, but as far as like drag racing, there's nothing that gives you that, I feel like that, that sensation, that feeling. I don't know how to really how to describe it. You know, let's kind of tie together. People keep might be wondering, you know, what are we talking about with what happened putting a car back together this weekend? Your your black plague car kind of uh, kind of took flight, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. From I'll tell it from my perspective first. I was down at the scales at South Georgia, get ready to interview Roger Conley about weighing cars, and all of a sudden I hear this noise that the only way to describe it is like a very anxious bracket racer whapping the throttle at the stripe. And usually when you hear that in a heads-up race, that's because something very bad is happening. And then I heard the carnage, and I saw the car sliding to a stop, and I saw the side of it. I'm like, well, something something pretty pretty gnarly happened there. Ryan, what did, what was it like from your perspective watching all this happen? Oh, I was lost for words. Uh, I, I was sitting back there. The car left good. It got to the 60 foot. And I started seeing the nose do that number. And at that point, on a nitrous application, there's no stopping. I don't care what kind of wheelie control you got. It was kind of like the Marcus Burke deal. And uh, I kind of like I put my hands on my head and I was like, well, this ain't going to be good. And, uh, you know, it's, it kind of seemed like DJ froze up up there. It was the car kind of got stuck and the air was just beating against the bottom of the car. And he was trying to get it down, but he couldn't. And uh, as it as it made its way down, I said, oh, God, this is about to get, like, 
I said this, either the throttle about to get stuck or the other car is going to hit them. And the other car wasn't far behind them, so I thought the other car was going to smash to the side of them. But the other car actually did a – but the other driver did a real good job of not hitting them. But, yeah, it was a nerve-wracking uh, situation. But I didn't think – I didn't think he was going to land it that well. It was like a, a planned land, if that makes sense. Time, time slows down when someone you're working with or for starts crashing a car. It really, like, it seems like it takes 25 minutes, but in reality, it's a couple seconds. And I'm sure inside the car, DJ, uh, things were getting a little sporty as, you know, you go from looking at the bottom of the clops to the top of the clops, right? Yeah. Uh, sometimes we have an in-car cam. I had a couple of friends call me about the in-car cam video. We didn't have one mounted this weekend, but. Yeah, it was almost like, a, I guess, a Stevie Fast replay. I went up, and I had earlier that week, I think the first round of qualifying, it came up in the air, and I set it down smooth. And then um, Q2 is when we went to number one qualifier. And it kind of floated the tires a little bit, but they stayed you know, they stayed down. So that run, it kind of had the wheels up, and it was one of them like, okay, it may settle out. And then it just shot up, and I walked it. Like I said, I, it may have been too soon, trying to just catch it on the way down and not bust the oil paint or anything of that nature. I walked it, it went up. I walked it again, it went up. I'm pretty sure I walked it again. And then there was a sensation of, okay, I'm off the gas. I feel like I'm flying for a second. It's like birds are chirping slow motion here. What's about to happen? Um, you don't want to end up in a situation where you're going over the wall or, you know, hitting the pole or, you know, getting to, luckily with that part of the track, I don't think there were many people in the area, you know, people there, but it just when you get that flying sensation, you don't, you out of control at this point. So I was thinking, I don't know what else to do, but try the parachute. So I reached up, I pulled up both chutes, and I held on. And um, it came down inside my lane, kind of sideways. All right, the chutes pulled me back and straightened me up. May have also slammed me into the wall, but it could have prevented something else bad from happening. And um, Luke Smith was over there. Uh, great job, excellent job by him. The first thing I said, he came and checked on me. I told him I appreciate him not running to the back of me. I'm sorry if I cut him off. I think I ended up cutting him off twice. I went in this lane, hit the wall, tried to get out of his way. When he tried to go around me, you know, I can't see in a race car backwards. So then I ended up cutting him off again as he tried to go to the left and go around me. And he had to shoot out on the brakes and did an excellent job not running to the back of me, but it was close. So um, I was just happy no one got seriously injured and he didn't damage his car because of the actions that took place in my lane. So that was good. Yeah, it's when there's two cars involved, things get a little, little gnarly in a hurry and Again, it's it was a great driving job by everybody because again, trying the biggest thing I think when you go to a wheel stand like that is you got to keep it inside the park. Like go what, the second you go outside the walls, that's when just the exponential of bad really goes up, and that probably probably made it save the car, made life a lot easier for you guys to work on it for sure. Yes, sir. So. Now that we kind of got that out of the way, I, I wanted to talk about, you know, you guys come from the grudge and no time world. You know, you're, you're well known for that. What was the favorite part of, you know, that area of racing that you really liked, you know, and what could the rest of drag racing learn from it? You know, what, what do you think, Ryan? Uh, the favorite part of no time racing. Yeah. yeah let's talk about both. Yeah. What was your favorite part about no time racing? Uh, I would probably say, I don't know, the, 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 the thrill of winning the shootouts and how quick you can make the money. Uh, you know, you got, so uh, for a lot of people that might not understand the no-time shootouts, you get to the track, it might be a Friday or a Saturday shootout, uh, Willie Dog or somebody like that, is going to have a driver's meeting, maybe 12 o'clock, something like that. You go draw the hat with all your racers, draw the hat. You uh, you get your guy, and they might give you one shakedown. And if they don't, you're going straight into round one. And then uh, so you might put up $200, and you might start at 3 or 4 o'clock. By 8 o'clock, you either the one – 2,000, 2,500, 5,000, 20,000, 25,000, or 50. And, you know, going only a few rounds. The thing with 
the thing I learned about class racing is uh, you got to kind of go, you got to put a lot of laps on your stuff for, you know, a smaller return. But it's a lot more of a spotlight that comes with it. Yeah, it's an interesting and different world for sure. My first like big official no time race I went to this year was you know as part of Woostock, and it's a different it's a different environment. It really, really is, and there's a different level of excitement for sure. And yeah, a lot of lot of money, a lot a lot of money I see exchanging hands on the starting line, and that that definitely uh, it's kind of interesting to see, kind of nerve wracking if I be one of the people. <laughs> putting up money like that but uh you know dj what what are your thoughts on uh your favorite parts of no time and grudge racing so yeah because there's two types that you get the grudge racing um in the actual grudge race you're talking about a one-on-one race you have a race uh like we had with jr gray when i was in nemesis we we had a shootout um at, at ducks race and i think jr spun um i, th- I think that's what happened and uh, then he was, you know, we were talking back and forth, and he wanted to race the week, a week later and go down to Bradenton Motorsports Park for a grudge race and get some get back. So it was a big trash talk. You know, we went back and forth, and we ended up going down to Bradenton. Met up down there, and in that situation, you get a situation like that, you get the excitement of the it's the one shot, one kill, so to speak. You only get one chance to do it right, and you're going to win some money or lose some money. So uh, in that instance, JR went out there. He made a really good pass, and we went out and kicked the tires. Um, then we only had a certain amount of time about to be in the stage lanes and race, so we decided to go out there and gamble, and we ended up running that race and getting away. So that that's when you get like almost like a rival, so to speak, kind of like Stevie and um, I think it was – they just had a race in Texas a little week ago. Where you get Bubba Stanton that, or something like that. Yeah, Bubba Stanton. You get that one, that one shot at somebody, and – Somebody's going to be happy and somebody's going to be a little lighter in the pocket. But that the build up of that, especially on the winning side. And then as far as the, the no time goes, the shootouts, it's just uh, to me, that's venturing a little more towards class racing just with the clocks off. But there's still a little bit of something there. There isn't as many rules. Um, and it gives the, I added, uh, I guess, tuning aspect. Because if you're the class racing, you have, you know who you're running, sort of. You know, you never can take anybody lightly, but you can kind of see where they qualified or get, get an average of how their car's been running. But in no time, you get beside somebody and you can never take anybody lightly. It could be anybody's day at any time. So you have to be on your P's and Q's and run run the best you can. The thing that cracks me up about part of the, the, the shootout stuff is sometimes people get pretty twisted up about class cars coming in. Oh, there's a class car here. I'm like, you got to remember. Yeah, they might have lit the boards, but that was at – class car rules and weights and you know whatnot you walk in one of those shootouts god knows what some of these guys have done because there there's a lot of uh uh we'll call it gray area manipulation that happens with class cars and weights and where they do things and if they can run those things lighter i mean i've seen i know of a few cars that are class cars that have run at shootouts with basically outlaw no rules and they're considerably faster that that's yeah. pretty pretty insane. Considering you get that, um, you can get that aspect as well. I, I hear that argument. I see both sides of that. Nobody wants somebody to find out how fast they've been or whatever. But um, make sure I'm, uh, no, that's my me. Wife, okay. And you also have the aspect of someone that ran a number, say a duck show, and the tr- the track was really good, the air was really good, and they lit the boards. But they also may be coming to a no time race where the prep is marginal. And the track is the equalizer. So um, they just because somebody ran that number at one event doesn't mean they're going to run it at this no-time event. Not to say all no-time events are on marginal tracks. Sometimes they're on really great tracks, too. But it's all it's, uh, it's circumstantial, I feel like. Um, so I get both sides of that argument. But it's not, I've, I've ran against class cars, even the greatest no-time shootout. It's one of the things they really bother me. If I feel like I can beat somebody on that day, I'm going to try them. Whether they let the boys not. Some people say I may not be being true to the game and everybody has their opinion about that, but I'm all about drag racing, no matter what type it is. I like the race. That, that, that's what I like to hear is, you know, I, I've seen on some of the Facebook groups and I got it. I love some of the terms they're used in grudge racing and whatnot and some of the, the banter back and forth, but it definitely cracks me up as you can tell the people that they know they're fast because they'd be like, all right, just drag that pile out. I don't care. I'm going to beat you from the pillar to the post. And that's how it's going to be. Those are yeah. the guys 
that I think, and it doesn't matter of any kind of no time graduation, those are the ones you don't want to mess with because they don't have to talk trash. They're going to come out and just smack you around and, you know, it is what it is, right? That's right. So, you know, kind of the, the second half of my question, I'll start with you, DJ, on this. You know, now that you've kind of seen both sides of it at a successful level, what do you think the rest of drag racing should learn or pick up from the grudge and no time world? Um, there are some, there, I feel like there used to be kind of a stigma of guys with slow in the no time world. That isn't the case for everybody. Everybody just has a preference for the kind of racing they want to do. And uh, I feel like some people that come from the grudge world kind of, they aren't rattled as easily. They know how to apply pressure in the, in any type of situation, whether it's tuning or driving. And just, just goes. I just like it goes to show that anybody can compete at any time. You know, I mean, look at look at Stevie Stevie Pass where he came from. You can look at the JR Grays of the world. You know, just because they grudge race at one point doesn't mean they can't go to an NHRA race or a radio race and compete and you know do do what they were doing, whether it was grudge or the class race. So it's like um, let's say a learning thing. I guess I guess it's a, it's a learning experience, but just to know that. There are some fast people out there too, and also the, let the garage guys know that you can also go and compete at a class race if you feel like that's what you want to do. You don't have to be stuck in a box, and just because somebody labels you a garage race does not mean that's what you have to do for the rest of your racing career. You feel like you can't go to a class race or something like that, you know? Ryan, what do you think that drag racing could pull from garage racing as a whole? Is you know that the sport could learn? Is it is it the showmanship of it? You know, what what could the rest of drag racing? do that grudge racing does well that it doesn't do if that, if that, if that makes sense uh, I think that would be probably like DJ said the whole rattling aspect of it uh, you can see like me or DJ ain't easily rattled at all like I see a whole lot of people take what I say on Facebook the wrong way uh it comes from the no time and the grudge stuff. Like, people got to be able to smack talk, you know, trash talk. Uh, I think that's why I think that's why a lot of people like Stevie in, in the NHRA is because he can trash talk and go out there and either win or lose. But at the same time, you know, it, it adds some excitement to, you know, winning or losing a round. Oh, look at this year in the NHRA. You know, you've got two guys in the form of Lyle Barnett and J.R. Gray that are first-time winners in Pro Mod that come from the from the outlaw racing world. And, it, it, yeah. you know, and at the start of the year, a lot of us talked about the fact that having them in there plus Stevie is going to change Pro Mod. And I think it has. Yeah. It really, I mean, look really at uh, you have Lyle and Beer Money. A couple weeks before, he's winning the no prep race, you know, in, in a big money car. And now he's an NHRA driving the NHRA Pro Mod and cutting the W on. So that's something to be said about that, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. All about being versatile. Yeah. And it, it's funny, you know, I was there when those guys built that car during the 10K drag shootout. And it blows my mind to see that car out there still doing so, so well. I mean, that's. That's badass. Again, that shows you what it, you know, that if you know what you're doing behind a computer and a wrench, that you can really go out and do some damage with a vehicle, no matter how much money you spent on it. Yes, sir. And I think that's, again, what makes the uh, kind of the the grudge world so exciting is that those uh, that aren't really into it will see some of the cars and they'll be like, oh, you know, that that thing just looks like a pile. I'm like, oh, trust (laughs) me, all that money that most people would spend on making sure body panels align right and it's all one color. All that's sitting under the hood that you're not going to see, and they're not going to tell you what it is. Like it, it's oh, yeah. a completely different universe. Yes, sir. So we're going to take a real quick break here on the Drag Zine podcast. When we come back, we're going to do a little bit more uh, grudge talking and whatnot with uh, DJ and Ryan McCain. So we'll be right back. Ditch that restrictive stock air filter and let your engine breathe with Holly's new line of Intech cold air induction systems. Intech systems are available for a huge assortment of late model cars, trucks, and SUVs and deliver sizable improvements in horsepower and torque. Each system is precision molded for maximum airflow, efficiency, ease of installation, and has a washable and reusable 
four-layer dry air filter that ensures a long service life under your hood. To find the right Intech system for your ride, head over to holly.com today. All right, we're back here on the Dragzine Podcast with DJ and Ryan McCain. And, you know, I, I haven't got to have a lot of grudge racers on here. The guys have a big background. So I'm going to continue to ask a lot of questions and fun stories. I'm, I'm hoping to get some more on at some point. I really want to get Willie Dog on because I think that'll just be me <laughs> sitting here and just letting him run wild because he, he's good at that. Um, you know, DJ, who are some of the best grudge and no time racers out there? And what makes them so good? Give me your top three. Top three girls and no time versus out there. And I, I'll put a stipulation on it. You can't list Stevie. Can't list Stevie. I mean, that's, a, that's, that's automatic. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to start with Willie Dahl because I grew up going to Carolina Dragway. Stevie, Stevie Jackson was from there as well. But Willie Dahl, I've been, since I was a kid, I remember him racing. You got him. Tony Vines, a veteran. Um, J.R. Gray came around, around a little bit later, but, you know, he kind of went to the top, and he likes to talk the trash and bet the money and race against with those guys. So uh, I try to put my – I won't put myself in that that, that conversation. Um, I thought we did pretty good with no time. You're talking about no time, shootouts, and grudge racing. That's two different – we can kind of label that as two different things, but we're going to say just grudge and no time as a whole. Um, I mean, we run a lot of no time shootouts with the Bowser car. Um, a pretty good bit of those like small blocks shootouts, some of the biggest ones. But this grudge races, I, I'm gonna start with Willie Dog. Um, you got Tony Vines. There's, there's a list of them, man. It goes back to when I was a kid. I, there were a whole lot of them. Those, those are the couple that are still around though, and still trying to race every week, you know, whether small or large. So I'm I'm gonna I'm list those. Uh, Ryan, who who are a couple of your your favorite you know no time grudge guys whoever and then once we get that laid out there we're going to talk about what makes these guys so good because it's you got to be a cut above I think to be good at this so who who you got? Uh, I would have to go with Willie Dog Willie Dog for one. Uh, I'll say Jamie Triggerman Halls. Yeah, Trigger Man. They call everybody call him Trigger Man. If nobody ever seen him, the dude is wild, like super wild. But uh, he's starting to get in a whole bunch of cars now. He got some. Uh, I don't know if he drove a, a class car yet, but he probably will soon. But uh, who else? Uh, I mean, you can't you can't go without listing Tony Bounds on the list. Although he does a lot of shady stuff, in my opinion, which I had to throw that out there. But uh, like the games he played in grass racing, like a lot of the class races will get real upset about it. But that's the integrity of grass racing, in my opinion. Uh, like for example, him and Jamie had a race at Connor Dragway. And uh, Tony played the – he played a light game i never seen, you know, unless you step that in the rules. I think Tony did two or three brownouts. Uh, he purged. He probably purged his whole nicest ball out. He staged the car, backed up, staged it again, backed up, then staged it. It was, it was a hot mess. But that's the stuff you see in, uh, in girls' races, you know, a lot of people like it. A lot of people don't, but it's it's different. Oh yeah, that that a class racer would lose their damn mind. They'd be out. <laughs> they, they'd be out of the car throwing the helmet, flipping him the bird. That'd be a whole different level. Yeah, I'm yeah. A, I'm like, I, I gotta go around and fix, like you said. But yeah, I hate the I hate the list stuff like that. I try to keep the list short. That's why I read his name too, because you can go on for days. Jamie, like Ryan said, though, is he's a Kind of young, up and coming guy right now. He's doing a whole lot of racing this year. I think he's won like Grudge Race of the Year awards multiple times. Um, I try to go with the, like the the guys that were doing it for a really long time. It makes it easier, but you can name anybody. You you even got Chris Tootin. He's tuned a lot of cars, driven a lot of cars in the past. Now, time you look at him more as a class racer because he's set NMCA records. He's racing the Ducks racing stuff, but he's been also involved with Grudge stuff. I mean, the list is so long. I mean. I could go on for days. You got Rock, Rock still racing. Um, 
he's had a big race the other day. It didn't go down. He's supposed to race Marcus Burt. Marcus Burt has a grudge car now. He's racing. I mean, it's just dude, I could go on for probably thirty minutes and listen name a, a lot of the the greatest grudge races, but we won't go there. I feel like I'm gonna leave somebody out, you know. Well, you know, Toot was part of that deal where he was driving Mario Johnson's car against J.R. Gray, which that was by far the most insane grudge race I've ever seen in person. Like, yeah. that was just like, I try to tell people the only way to describe it is like when two heavyweight UFC fighters are about to throw hands. That like, that level of electricity and that those, either one of those guys could throw a knockout punch at any point. I mean, just the amount of money on the line, everything that happened there, that race to, at least in my level of experience, I'm like that to me, that's grudge racing right there. When you got guys that are just like going to go out there and absolutely try to split each other's wigs for a huge amount of money, or it can be a small amount of money, just like that mentality. I'm like that, that to me, that's grudge racing. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. That's for sure. That was, uh, that was the, 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 I just walked by the cars. You see the driver strapped in. It's the one that was going on in their minds before they get out there. It's, like this moment of silence really quick before they fire them up. And like I said, but one person going to win, you get one chance and that's it, you know, for a large amount of money on a big show in front of people. So that's happened a few times in grudge history. That was probably one of the bigger races out there for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard for people that aren't kind of touching that realm to understand. I'm like, these guys are racing for a house. Like you can buy a house <laughs> with the amount of money that's on the line. And that's, yeah. you know, it, it's funny. When, when I talked to both of them about that, someone was like, man, ask him how much the pot is. I'm like, dude, let me tell you something. Grudge racing and high dollar bracket racing are the two groups where you don't ask how much the pot is. You don't ask what the split is. And it's doubtful right. that they're going to tell you the truth no matter what. Yeah, I have another story. If you want to touch back on the grudge thing, it was, uh, like I mentioned, when we ran JR Gray earlier, that's uh, that kind of a race that made the headlines. We ran it with the Nemesis car. And we're down in Bradenton, and we checked the forecast, and it looks like it's going to rain. So we're like, hey, why don't we just go ahead and race in the morning and get it over with, you know. All, both of us out the trailer. Let's just get it over with. We ain't got to worry about it. But JR was out to eat, and he's, like, texting us pictures of his breakfast. He's eating his nice breakfast, and he's like, this is test pass number one for me. So we go make a test pass. He's like, I'm not worried about it. You know, he's eating this nice meal at a restaurant. He rolls in there. It pours down raining like we thought it would. There's so much water in our pits. They have to bring a tractor in Bradenton and get the water out of our pits. It's like ankle high. We go out there and make a pass. We got water coming out the rocker panels of the car. It's, it's crazy. It's dark as late, late. We spin the tires twice. JR makes two great passes. And then it's time to go. And we literally are rolling into the pits trying to hot lap this car after trying to make a pass real quick to make sure we can get down. We're looking at each other like, what are we going to do? And we're like, well, we're not paying the punk out. We're going out there. So we round put a tune-up in it. We hard butt the stage lanes. Like, you know, with the last second to spare, make sure we get around there in time. And got it on, and it was pretty epic. It was a pretty epic race right there, um, just because of the circumstances and how fast it had to happen, and with the weather and everything. And we still both decided to race. We were a long way from home, and to get it over with. So that was that was a pretty exciting race. You know, Ryan, as a tuner, what's going through your mind when you've got a big race going on like that? Because you know, to me, a heads-up small tire car is honestly almost more 60 40 towards the tuner side of things the driver's got to do his job but as a tuner there's there's a lot going on there you know what do you think when you're trying to get ready for one of these big races uh it's a lot like a lot a lot a lot of pressure uh with me i'm starting to deal with it kind of well but sometimes man my head just it just spins super bad and uh like the best thing I try to do, if we going off the trailer, oh, you just roll the dice. Like I always tell either the driver, or which would be DJ or somebody like Marquis Hat, somebody like that. I'll be like, look, I don't know if it's gonna go. Just turn the button loose and see what it does. Now, as far as like when we got test passes on our belt, and the whole thing about no time. You don't know how fast any of these cars go. You're just guessing. So, uh, ain't no such thing as, like, I'm a real good A to B tuner, but ain't no such thing as A to B when you grudge racing. So, you basically try to go a personal best every time you grudge race somebody because uh, 
you don't know, you just don't know you finna get gapped or it's gonna be a photo finish or you gonna not size up, you, you just never know. It's like off the trailer, no prep racing or, you know, backwards racing or even like, you know, off the trailer street racing is you're putting your, your best scientific guess in the box <laughs> and letting it eat because there's a million and one things that could go right and wrong. And it's it, like you said, it, it's interesting to see that you can't go with that. All oh, we just need to go A to B. It's like, well, our best A to B might not even come close to that scalping that these guys just put in their box. So, you know, let's just, you know, you put it on the chip and let it rip tater chip, right? Yep. Yes, you know, it, like I said, I've watching no prep and that off the trailer stuff always fascinated me just because of like, seriously, a lot of those times, those guys are holding on for dear life you know, don't let the, uh, the haters fool you as they say, you know, all the, the front half of it's tight. Well, yeah, the front half might be tight, but when you get to about 250, 300 feet, that's when things get kind of sporty out there. And I think that, you know, kind of transfers to the, to the grudge world as well, because once again, you might be running on a greenish track and you, you've got to have your driver be ready to go. Right. Right about that. Now, you know, what's uh, I want to hear some good grudge stories. Cause again, I've, I've seen some of the things that, that happen, you know, just on some of the live feeds and whatnot. I don't know if it necessarily transfers nearly as much. I'm sure you guys have been to uh, the big race in Orlando. What, no guts, no glory. Right. Yeah, let's talk some no guts no glory story because like i look at that race from the outside i can't go because it's during pri and this this whole work thing i gotta go there but i kind of want to go to that race not to cover i just want to sit in the stands and watch the insanity unfold because it looks like undescribable so you know Ryan, you say you got a good story. Let's hear, let's hear your guts. Yeah, I, think, I think I think we both think about the same story. I'm being interested yeah. to see what he says. Yeah, we heard thinking about. It. We actually ran uh, Jr. Gray last year. Uh, we kind of we've been going to PRI also for the past I think since 2018 or something like that. So now uh, we got a PRI to the party, and then we are flying to uh, No Guts, No Glory. So this year we ran JR Gray with a car called uh Wizard that actually Danny Cox and Marquise Adams owners. And uh that was a real crazy race. I'm tuning on like two or three other cars down there. I get a call from either DJ or Marquise, like we need you to put a tune in the car. We're taking a break from JR Gray. Now take in mind, we haven't even ran the car down the track so i'm like man here we go again with this it was just you know rolling the dice and hoping for the best so we get in the stage lanes marquis hatton decides not to uh put steps you know steps on and grass racing is, is major so like a good stipulation well a good example of a good step is uh track rules or no picker extenders or stuff like that. So we get in the staging lanes and J.R. Gray got a picker extender that's probably longer than me, probably five feet tall or something crazy like that. So I was like, Marquis, you ain't stepped that or you ain't even think about that. He was like, man, it just swiped my mind. So we literally right before the race, it's a long video on it on my YouTube channel. Uh, we grabbed a leaf blower and a bunch of duct tape. Uh, what kind of body what kind armor, of body, a body armor bottle off the end? Oh, of yeah, a body armor bottle. We stuffed it in there, duct taped it, and then I also put uh, some else at the end of it at the bottom. I think that they like kind of take the strike point down, just kind of pointing there. So we had something off the end of it, yeah. So, uh we were struggling to get it on there. And another thing, uh, some paint and body guy came together with us. It was like, I got it. So we put it on the car, like three people held it. And it was like duct tape to the front bumper. And it's a funny looking picture, but the pecker extender somehow stayed on the whole way down the track. And we was, we was in front of him 
probably up to 630 feet or something like that. And the car decided to go kabang and he shot past us. That, 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 that's a double bad feeling. When you lost the race two, you're wondering, am I going to have to go out there and pick up some rods and pistons off the track? <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is you guys, before the flight at No Mercy, were already well-versed in the appropriate uses of duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, we so, have used in many cases. Uh, doors. Doors are fly off. Like, good example, last night we was testing King Kong. Uh, had that been a race, well, I mean, roll back. We was testing King Kong. Go out there getting ready for a fifty thousand dollar race November fourth and fifth or something like that. Uh, Sixteen car shootout, fifty thousand dollars. Marquis hat in his door decides to blow off at like the three thirty mark. Uh, had we been on the race, we would have told him because I think we did this with DJ before. We put the driver in the car. It's it's probably not legal at all. Put the driver in the car, put the door on, and duct tape the door. And it's practically impossible for the driver to get out. But we have done stuff like that before. That's perfectly fine till there's a fire. It'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be motivated enough to get out of the car, I'm sure. Yeah, get out of there. You need to. I promise you that. Now, now DJ, what's a no guts, no glory story that you have? Maybe not necessarily something that you were directly involved in, but something you watched transpire because god knows you've been to enough heads up races and grudge races you've seen some things i've seen some things i've seen things guys do and things go down at races where i was like all right that's a that's a new one so what's something crazy you've seen at no guts no glory mm, ryan had my story crazy let me think of something else think of something else um, or, or maybe another grudge race crazy insane story you know people driving backwards foot racing you know um, something did happen one time. I think somebody went like spinning in circles or came up on two wheels or something and still crossed the traps or won the race. Yeah, Was that you, right? the Iceman. You talking about you talking about the Grudge Inc. hatchback Mustang or something like that? It's been a couple couple of wild rides down there. Uh, I can't remember the details. I've seen people like literally come up on two wheels or do a donut, like you know, and maybe still stay in that lane and cross the finish line. Or, Turn the side, go to the eighth mile on the bumper. I've seen it all. I mean, uh, I've seen it all. Um, I'm well, trying to think of a really good one. But I mean, I, I could tell uh, I had a race one time from some years back where I had a street car, like full cage navigation system, whole nine. We ran somebody that was naturally aspirated from up north. So these were two cars, never been beside each other, don't race close to each other. So we don't have no idea how each one runs. It got talked up. We lock in the race like six months in advance. Meet it, no guts, no glory. Here you are, nasty aspirated, small block on slicks. Me and my radio street car, you know, full interior, full exhaust factory, gas tank. Two top tier cars. They run good for what they were. And we go down through there, and it's literally like it's inches, like a probably within six inches. And we we actually didn't cut W on that race, but that was a kind of a big. That was like one of the biggest races that event, just because of the two totally different class cars that were. And he went out there and ran it. Let's show go to show any two cars and race. Went there and ran side by side race. It was pretty wild. Oh yeah, that's that. That's again, that's the kind of stuff that you get in you know that style of racing you normally don't get in a class race, unless it's Rob Goss getting beat by a streetcar. But that's another story for another time. <laughs> I think he still. Yeah, was... I, I've actually raced a motorcycle before. I, I think maybe one or two times I've seen that happen. We just we stipulated the race. Well, I had to be on a hard tire. Not on my radios, and I ran against a motorcycle, and I got. Uh, a little bit of a head start, and the the margin of victory was like point. Like yeah, the, the margin the point, the margin of victory was like point zero zero something in this grudge race. We was at Carolina Dragway, and uh, I ran a motorcycle with my with my Mustang. Is that so the guy that? Is that so the guy that? Uh, he owns the track now. Yeah, he owns Carolina Dragway. I had to race one time at a little podunk track. I had to bracket race a, a four wheeler, and. I had no idea, you know, I'm just in the stage lanes and they're randomly pulling people from lanes. And I remember I, you know, turned to do my backup to do my burnout. And I hear this, you know, four wheeler fire up and kind of, you know, he's wrapping the throttle. I'm like, wait, what, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> All right. Well, this is going to be interesting. And, you know, of course that four yeah. a lot quicker and faster than my 305 powered Monte Carlo, 
So I'm yeah. like practically breaking my neck. Try, you know, it's hard trying to spot something that small moving that quick coming at you up the track. And oh yeah, that that was definitely one of those moments where you know, thankfully he completely broke out. But I was, you know, that's something that takes you out of your game a little bit when you have to deal with something like that. That's sure. Or you got the dude I've seen race down south in that like Hayabusa powered golf cart. That thing's just. Yeah, I showed him my budget that video kind of recently. He didn't know anything about this. This thing here is pretty wild. Yeah, that's uh, again, I think it shows why racers shouldn't be left to their own devices because we'll find a bunch of random parts and go, hey, this looks like it'll be fun. Will it be dangerous? Maybe. Don't care. It'll be fun. Yes, yep. sir. It's all about going fast. Definitely. Well, we're going to take our last break here real quick. When we come back, we'll talk more with DJ and Ryan McCain here on the Dragzine Podcast. Manly Dual Drag Series valve springs provide the low capabilities of triple springs with a reduced size and mass of dual springs. This provides improved valve train control and a higher RPM potential. An additional benefit over triple springs is the reduced friction, which greatly reduces load loss, while a multi-step surface enhancement improves fatigue strength. Check them out at manlyperformance.com. All right, we're back with DJ and Ryan McCain having all kinds of fun telling crazy stories about insane things we've seen happen at the drag strip. No guts, no glory, which check that race out, folks. I'll throw a free plug in for that just because it's that's insane. I, you know, that's like right up there, I guess, you know, with me going to the World Cup and that level of insanity. That's like the grudge race equivalent of the World Cup. Is that fair to say? I've never been to the World Cup. We were talking about going this year. Um, not sure what happened with the schedule there. I think so, there's a, a race that we're going to. It's the same date as that race, but I haven't had the opportunity to get there yet. But I, it's probably equivalent. Just, just go there. That's another again one of those races. If you, if you're an okay spectator, I know some racers aren't a good spectator. Just go to hang out to see some of the things that you're going to see there that you won't see at any other race. I mean. Where else are you going to see a 200 plus mile an hour, you know, hatchback civic, you know, <laughs> reeling in, you know, LS cars, you know, it's, it's wild. It's different. I'm, I'm looking forward to yeah. going out of it. It's never a dull moment. Yeah. I've been trying to make a point of, uh, we just me and my brother as well. Just seeing different types of racing this year and spectating as well as not racing. Um, anytime I go to the racetrack, I've been to NHRA races and been in top few pitch, you know, been Antron Brown's hospitality tent. I got with Steve Torrance and his crew, met, met their family. Uh, been new, no prep Kings events, you know, Kai Kelly and Lizzie Pat and all those guys, uh, little countries out there. Um, so I've seen a little bit of all kinds of racing this year, radio racing, slicks, try, try to be versatile. Sounds about like me. I, I, I consider myself very lucky that I get to go, you know, usually to a couple of what I'll say is like big crown jewel events. And it's cool to go to these different events just to like, just to hang out because an NHRA race is going to have a different vibe race than a no prep or a grudge or a radial race. You know, you, you never know what you're going to see. The no prep King stuff still blows me away. The amount of people that come to that, like you, it, yes. that's unreal. Yeah. I'm, I, I think it's a good thing. A lot of people have their opinion about it, but I think it's a good thing to get um, any kind of fan into motorsports. Just open the door. You never know what kids you're going to influence and just, you open the door for them to go from that to whatever else to just get people into motorsports in general because, you know, you know all the stuff that's going on now with the RPM Act and all that. So getting people involved in motorsports and putting fans in the seats, I think is a good cause. Oh, totally. Uh, it, it's, it, it's cool to go to these different deals. And I'll go, I like going to dirt track races too because that's fun to watch those guys chase each other in circles and beating each other late models or, you know, watching non-wing sprint guys do things with – those cars it just blows me away again that's uh i think their balls are registered weapons at this point because they got to be pretty damn big to take a, a really the, those angry go-karts and do that with them am i right yes sir mm -hmm. i was actually watching the video of something that one of those guys was flipping one over flow racing just posted one like a top five things that happened this week and uh, i think one of those videos is somebody flipping one of those things over oh yeah they'll, they'll leave the park they will bicycle it over the wall at the park they'll go three and four wide you know, it, it's wild to watch, you know, people, I really like to try to check out all areas of motorsports, you know, pulling tractors. The thing I really want to go check out, you know, we're going to go off, off the rails here a little bit is off-road racing, like open desert off-road racing. Cause that's, oh my. holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Have, 
if you ever like at PRI, there's at least like usually one or two of those things a year. Have you ever seen those trucks? I'm not sure if you're alive. I've seen not the trophy trucks. Yeah. Oh yeah, I watch I watch them on YouTube a lot. Uh, I think it's kind of I think it's kind of unique. Yeah, wide open through the desert. But you know, if you get a chance and you like happen to see one of those at PRI, go up close to it because you don't realize how big those damn things are until you're standing next to them. They're massive. Okay, yep. I have to make sure I check it out this year. Now, me, I actually joke around with Mark Menzer about, uh, you know, some of the rear separation shots. I call them trophy truck shots. Like, <laughs> if you watch Mar- Marcus Burke's program on track, you know, I felt like that. Bowser does it. A lot of my cars do it. But yeah, the- Mar- Marcus Burke car tops it all. Yeah, the trophy truck separation. Trophy truck separation. That's something I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to acquisition that from you and use it because that's about the truth. Because there's a couple (laughs) times I've seen that car going down the track. I'm like, he's gonna grind that splitter off that car if he's not careful. (laughs) Yeah. So you know, you guys done a little bit of class racing, a little bit of grudge racing, whatnot. What's been your favorite thing about? doing a lot more class racing, DJ. We'll start with you. What You know, making the transition, doing a lot more of it. What, what's the thing you really dig about class racing? I like the I like the structure of it. Um, somebody's calling my other phone. I like the structure of uh, the class racing. Uh, I like the people I've met there. I mean, they're, they're a great group of guys. Uh, lighting the boys up, it's a different, it's a different type of fan. Um, it's just a different type of excitement, the class races and just I don't know. I like I, I'm I'm having time at a racetrack, but uh, this weekend I was just uh that that's a memory I I'll, I'll never forget. Just this this past weekend, so but that kind of that's gonna always be one of probably one of my favorite races, I guess. Ryan, what do you what are you digging about making making some more hits in the class racing world? Uh, I'd be just say the, the the structure part of it is what I like. Uh, how organized. Everything is. DJ uh, would be the first to tell you. I I never really was big on the whole grits thing because it takes hours and hours and hours to get a race off. I'm I'm like super impatient, and uh, that's why I always like the, the no time shootouts. Uh, and they tell you three or four o'clock when we run the first round. That's what I like, and with class racing, you got a whole schedule, you know, this it might be put out a month or two in advance. Like duck schedule was put out what, three months in advance. Wednesday night, six o'clock, we qualify. So that's the thing I like about it. And I can go out there and uh I like to call it setting the tone. because uh, I ran I ran track in college and it was kind of the same way with qualifying and heats. So if you go out there, you're in a super fast time, and you was like the first heat out, and you got 20 heats behind you, it makes everybody else either do some crazy. It makes everybody else do some crazy stuff, or everybody else runs fast. So, like, uh, now in class racing, we can go out. Uh, I like to be one of the first four cars down the track, and go out, set the tone, either get number one, number two, number three, and then uh, it put, I feel like it puts pressure on everybody else. And uh, and then I also like the actual ladder of the whole class racing thing, like running one through 16 or one through eight or one through 32. Because uh, in no time, it was always draw out the hat, and you might have had to run the fastest car, the, you know, the first round. And class racing, I ain't saying you get to run the slowest car, but, you know, you get to run the guy that didn't qualify. Yeah, chip, chip draws definitely make things uh, really, really interesting. And what I find entertaining next year is that the NHRA is doing those two big races for top fuel and funny car, and guess what they're doing? They're doing chip, chip draws yeah. and call-outs. I, 
I have a pretty good story about that. Me and one of my buddies uh, graduated. We were we were running pretty good, and we were running the small block no time deal. And we probably were one, two of the quicker cars in this event. We ran probably twelve times in a year. You know, we were back and forth. We a lot of times we beat in the finals. So we get to a race and they had a miscount. I think they thought it was twenty one. It really was twenty cars. Put the wrong amount of chips in the hat. Me and Scotty draw each other. Realized there was a miscount. Everybody puts chips back in the hat. We redraw and me and Scotty draw each other again. The race oh. first round. <laughs> yeah. Go buy a lottery ticket like, at that point. It was like destiny. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's what makes to me, that's what makes part of that that side of drag racing interesting again is because you could have what would be a final round matchup in the first round. It, it adds yeah. a whole different like it takes a lot of the strategy that you use in class racing and you know, maybe playing the ladder a little bit and it throws it out the board. But again, I'm with you, right? I'm a, uh, I'm a creature of structure and habit and like not having that in a race, just like that, that makes my OCD just my, makes my skin crawl. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying we got to be down to the minute, but it's nice to know what's supposed to be going on and when, you know, it's just makes, makes the day, it makes it easier probably for you as a tuner and a driver to kind of plan what you're going to do. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know what time well, pretty much a roundabout. Unless something happens on the track, you know about what time you're gonna be racing in the day, you know, what order you're gonna be running in and all that. So you let you just get prepared, but I like to try to be prepared as best I can. And that's another thing that I like about the class Christian that I didn't like about the no time thing. When uh when you had a chip draw inside, you know, with Willie Dog or somebody like that, usually well, most of them, they would, if you didn't have a, a test pass, they would call you up. Your car is ready. You had to come off the chiller. If you ran one, your ball has got to be in the car. So all the cars in staging, and then you did a chip draw. Well, you gotta, you might have the fastest man. So the thing I always had to do, and uh, I don't know, some people might got some pictures of me doing it. I would always have my laptop out almost to the burnout box and no time racing. Now I can do it. You know, I know who I'm running. I know what I plan on doing. I can leave my laptop, take some pressure off, leave my laptop at the trailer. So don't have to think about it nearly as much. Yep. Well, guys, I always like to have some fun with my guests at the end. And we've done time machines. We've done unlimited bank accounts, (laughs) all kinds of stuff, different kind of questions. So this time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some fun, some grudge-related related racing questions. I'll start with you, DJ. You can pick any single guy to drive your grudge car and then pick what car you're going to put him in, and you're racing for half a million dollars. Who, oh who are you picking to drive the car, and what car are you picking for them to drive? Could be anything in throughout grudge racing history. Could be, you know, the Stevie's old car, orange car, you know, something else, you know, most feared crudge, grudge car, other, what, you know, who, who are you picking? What are you running? Who am I picking? If I don't, if I don't have to exclude myself, I'm going to go with myself. I trust me in the driver's seat. And what car am I picking? Are we talking an unlimited deal? Um, the fastest grudge cars. Mm. Oh, yeah. What car would I pick right, for a half million dollars? So we just there's no rules on this. We just racing. You're just you're you're racing someone of equal, you know, big tire to big tire, small tire to small tire. You know, you whatever it is, they're gonna line up with something similar against you. They're gonna line up with something similar against me. They, they, they'll <laughs> sit. The, they'll, they'll sit the same. Let's put it that way. They'll sit the same. I'm pick, I'm pick, I'm picking me in the driver's seat, and the car I ain't too worried about just because uh, if they sit like me. Um, and as I got Ryan tuning, I feel like we, we're gonna have a pretty fast chance. But I feel like I get in the car. If I had to pick a car, I'll just say the the OG Shadow or something like that. If it's a big tie car, if it's a small tie car, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with oh, my old girl Bowser or boy, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> hey, you know what? Yeah. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with that. That's why I put these questions out there, out there to make them fun because you you, you never know what I'm gonna throw at you, Ryan. What what, what are you doing? Or do you want to do something where you're tuning a car? Or do you want to be driving? What What are you doing? Uh, we can do the 
We can do the tuna one. So, so who are you tuning for and what are you tuning? Oh, uh, in a bit, half a million dollar groceries. Yeah, half a million dollars cash sitting right there. Uh, I'll probably say, because I know the call at the back of my ear is going to sound funny. I will have to, I got to go with Bowser. And, uh, again, I got to go with DJ dropping it. Uh, just based it off the amount of reps that we got in that car and the amount of reps that he got, you know, just trapping it. So. Hey, you know what? That 110% makes sense. You know, when a lot of people don't understand, I think when you run a heads up car, when you put enough laps on it, you know, the driver, well, it changes your confidence level. I think, I think it really, really does that, you know, you know what that car is going to do before it's going to do it. That to me, makes a huge difference, especially in a grudge race, right? Yep. Huge difference. Well, gentlemen, our time here is coming to an end. And as always, I like to give my guests their opportunity to channel their inner John Force and thank all their sponsors and tell people where to uh, to find them at. So uh, I guess, DJ, we'll start with you, and you can thank who you need to thank and uh, let people know where they can find more information about your guys' operation. And then Ryan, can, uh... Ryan can bat, clean up and catch anything you miss. Yeah, I have, those are always tough questions. You don't wanna you don't wanna miss anything, but uh I just go we're gonna let's try to focus today on this weekend. I've I've kind of repeated this a lot this week. I feel like it's very important. Um getting a little political here, but RPMX. Everybody go do your part of the RPMX. Save motorsports. I feel like this weekend showed me and I already believed it, but even more so how great the car community is, why we love this sport. Do your part with the RPMX. Save our race cars. I want to thank everybody that was at the track this weekend and helped us fix this car. People that helped me, people that tried to help, offered to help, lend the helping hand, lend the helping part. Anything, I really appreciate it. Um, I want all of you guys, I want to thank my team for backing me and support me when I ask if we try to fix the car because there's a lot of doom and gloom with them pits and I came back with that car and that rolled back. So for everybody to ride together and try to help me, um, somebody keeps calling my phone, I'm sorry. Everybody route together yeah. to try to help us fix the car and board it together, beating on it, hammering, duct tape, whatever it was, helping me get parts. I appreciate all of them. And um, that's that's the end of my rant. Yeah, you guys legit had like 12 or 13 people working on that car when I came back to interview that one time. I told our camera guy, I'm like, let's just uh, – Let's come back later. There's a lot going on here right now. A lot of beat, a lot of banging, a lot, a lot of point, and a lot of thinking. Welding, welding, and all. Everything <laughs> going. Yeah. So, so, Ryan, who you got? Who you need to thank? What do you want to put out there for everybody? Uh, I'll start with that event. Like DJ said, uh, I got to go with Skinny Man for Well Not Rack. D uh, with the Devil Horse Crew. For giving us a uh, front rim, back rim tires. Uh, Manny Bojinga, he, that's actually like the first time I think we all talked to the guy. Uh, I'll probably say Kimmy Hubbard for doing all the cooking. Uh, my pop for setting the, I guess, the initiation and motion. Uh, we was all kind of down. I said we was done. Uh, my mom, she had like it didn't. I mean, she was a little down about the whole situation, but she was like, you know what, ain't nothing wrong with that car. So when I heard that, I was like, okay, ain't nothing really wrong with it. So I said, you know what, ain't nothing but some parts. So we just gonna fix it. So yeah, so mom, dad, Rodney, uh. Neil Chance Converters for, you know, uh, all their help, certain stuff, Cone, uh, Cameron, Torque Converters, uh, Devin, Ryan, uh, Holly. Uh, I mean, I can name a million people. Danny well, Cox. Yeah, Nice Express. Ryan Lewis at Nice Express. Danny Cox, Marquis Hatton. Eric Tony Hatton, Rodney, Eric Louse, uh, 
Jason, Jason and I are for backing us out. Yeah, I, he, I think I said Jason Hickler, yeah. If, if many, many people don't know, uh, Jason and Ira Mack, or Jason Hickler and Ira Mack owns, Jason owns Nemesis, Ira Mack owns Black Car. Uh, they like two brothers, you know, they they pretty much just set us free on those cars. Uh, and then, you know, Nick, Nick at BTR, Brian Tooley still for hanging in there. Uh, the energy guys, Heath, uh, Ben Mans, Brooke, Callies. I mean, it's just, it's a million people. I can go on and on and on. Awesome. And of course, I've got to thank my sponsors for the show, Performance Distributors, Airflow Research, ProCharger, Holly, MSD, Flowmaster, Mosier Engineering, Comp Cams, Elderbrock, Fuel Air Spark Technology, Manly, JE Pistons, and Dart. All make it possible for me to have fun with people like you guys. It was awesome having you on for sure for the show. Uh, catch up with you at PRI. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll try to play hooky and last day at PRI and join you down there at No Guts No Glory. Yeah, and I mean, I left out one. I left out one. And I see motorsport. So I forget about yeah. that. Those guys uh, always have ones. Well, yeah, he 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 touched up on that. Yeah, uh, NRC, David Reese, Reese Brothers Race Cars, and uh, Mike Vanilla for always looking out for all my diamond trend and uh, MGP parts. Yeah, I was gonna say if you need the car fixed, just take it to David Reese. I'll have it done in like two days. Maybe three. Maybe maybe three if he takes a break. And if oh, you yeah. let somebody off, please don't be offended. I usually have a list I can look at and make sure. You, you try to go down that list. You usually a lot of times you'll forget a couple people. You know what I'm saying? So never, never. It's never on purpose, but it's just a lot to remember. Try to go down that list, and you, you know how it is. The the the, yeah. the the little cheat that I've learned from a few of the racers that won't be named is they just tell people to go to their website or go to their Facebook page where they've got posts, where they've got all the sponsors listed. I'm like, ah, <laughs> that's why you're yeah, professional. You find us, uh, Instagram yeah. is uh, McCain Racing or McCain underscore racing, I believe. YouTube.com slash McCain Racing. We have a website. We sell used parts and merch, McCainRacing.com. Facebook.com slash McCain Racing. You, you can find it. Google it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks once again for coming on the show. And, uh, we'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Appreciate it.